Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. A little while ago, I received a DM from one of the members of my community, and she said, This is really random, but I'm going through your podcast library and seeing some topics I really love. And she mentioned 11th Candle Company, which is episode 42 with 11th's founder, Amber Runyon. 11th Candle's mission is to provide jobs for women escaping sex trafficking. She also mentioned episode 72, in which I had the honor of interviewing Liz Forkin Bohannon, the founder of Seiko Designs, which provides jobs for women in Uganda who are trying to earn money so that they can further their education. It also provides scholarships for these women. They make beautiful leather purses, scarves, extraordinary jewelry. I've basically purchased every one of my nieces and sister-in-law's Christmas gifts from Seiko last year. I really love their mission. And Talitha, who is the woman who reached out to me via DM, she went on to say that she works for an organization called Dressember. She said that their purpose and mission is to wear dresses or ties daily in December to fundraise against humanity trafficking. And she was just curious if I'd ever heard of them. I responded, no, I hadn't. But oh my goodness, this is totally the type of thing that I love to share about on the podcast. I invited her to join me, and here we are today. My conversation with Talitha Baker, chair of the board of Dressember, right after this. It's that time of year, and we're all looking for the perfect present for everyone on our list. I love personalized gifts, and I also love shopping small. If you love those things too, check out Pixel Bash Designs on Etsy. You'll find so much cute stuff, perfect for your bestie or your niece or your sister. I love her personalized stickers where you can have a monogram or your name and you can put it on your laptop or your water bottle. She also has pom-pom personalized pencils, also cute little pouches. Personalized gifts are extra special. So head over to Pixel Bash Designs on Etsy or The Multi Passionista on Instagram. Use promo code Dr. Karen20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's D R K A R I N 20 for 20% off. Talitha, welcome to the program. Hi, I'm so glad to be with you. This is something I. Of course, any of us who have come across this concern are deeply, deeply troubled by the rampant trafficking that is happening right underneath our own noses. And it's something that's a dark topic, but it sounds like the organization that you're a part of is trying to bring light to it. So tell us a little bit about Dressember and this organization and how it started and your involvement and, and all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So I serve as the board chair of the Dress Ember Foundation. And the Dress Ember Foundation is a charity working to joyfully, playfully uh, raise tangible funds to help people who are impacted by something quite serious, uh, human trafficking. The name Dress Ember in and of itself is a pun that explains 
what we do. So basically in the month of December, we invite people to wear a dress or a tie every day of the month and to basically treat it as a uniform to be an abolitionist. And the origin of the pun uh, came from our CEO and founder, Blythe Hill. She was a fashion blogger. And in 2009, she was just blogging and came up with this, oh, maybe I could wear a dress every day for a month. And it was November at the time. So she started to play with words and realized, how about if I do dress ember? And so it was a clever word that all of a sudden started to take off. And as strangers all around the world started to wear a dress every day in the month of December, she realized she could add a fundraising component. So in 2013, we began fundraising for various anti-trafficking organizations. And since that time, we've gone on to raise over $10 million for 17 different anti-trafficking organizations all around the world. That's remarkable. And I think about wearing a dress in December and I'm like, okay, that's going to be cold. (laughs) I mean, you're in Phoenix, so not for you, but for us. Because I was thinking if you're wearing a dress, just going to the grocery store where people are usually in yoga pants or especially in the Midwest or the Northeast where it is cold, it's an opportunity for people to notice and then maybe ask you and then you have the opportunity to share about the mission. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I I actually went to college in Chicago, so it is (laughs) no small sacrifice to wear a dress (laughs) there or in Canada, all sorts of places. Phoenix is not as big of a deal, (laughs) but it is. It's a uniform for sparking conversation. Um, I, I honestly think if you're like wearing a bow tie at the gym, that even more so is sparking. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're hoping to uh, get people's curiosity piqued by the way we're dressing. That's, that's so great. Now, how did you personally get involved? So my career has been in various philanthropic causes pretty much since my early 20s. So just through some mutual friends, that's how I met Blythe, who is Dress Summer CEO and founder and just because of my experience, we organically started having just kind of brainstorms of how can we fundraise? What can we do? What could be next? So after a few years of just having a really open dialogue, it came up that she needed a board chair for the board and I was invited to join that. Yeah. Like I said in the intro, it's such a dark topic and it's something that I think many people with big hearts who care very much turn away from sometimes because it's just too painful and horrific and they feel so helpless. They have no idea how to help. It's pretty unbearable to think about. And so for you guys to, like you said, to try to, with this very deep and and very sober reality to bring something playful and fun, I think that that's maybe a way that people can realize that actually, there is something I can do. And it's not even that big of a deal. I put on a dress throughout December. So tell us some of the stories of people who've been involved. I'm sure you have some funny stories about people, like you said, wearing a bow tie to the gym. How? What are some of the experiences you've had? Well, one of my favorite things to recommend is just looking at hashtag you can do anything in a dress. Because that is, you know, posting on Instagram, that's when people tend to post the funniest pictures. I personally have a photo skiing in a dress. I'll tell you, it was more a photo op and less of me actually skiing. (laughs) (laughs) But anything that involves 
you know, winter imagery. So someone shoveling snow, someone ice skating, that always delights me to see people doing that in a dress. And then the other thing we did, we initially, we used to have a 5k race in Los Angeles where you would run. It was called the You Can Do Anything in a Dress or Tie 5K. So we had like runners showing up in their dresses and their dogs were running with them also in their dresses. (laughs) In our uh, modern climate, we've moved that event to be a virtual one. So people in the spring can opt to, you know, course out their own 5K and run it in a dress or tie and invite people to donate while they're doing that. Yeah, that's fantastic. If you're looking for some in-depth support, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a consultation. Consultations will help you clarify underlying emotional and psychological concerns. We'll target limiting beliefs and thought patterns. We'll learn empowering techniques from cognitive therapy to sustainably elevate your mindset and mood. We'll identify relationship dynamics which are impeding your goals and we'll together generate a concrete plan for moving forward to help you thrive in love and life. Schedule your consultation today at loveandlifemedia.com. I'd love to work with you. So Talitha, you know my podcast, you know my brand and what I'm about. And of course, I love to ground everything in psych research. And we know from the research from many, many studies, starting with studies that look at gratitude and happiness, we know that people who volunteer more are happier. There's so much about us as humans that we are wired up to give. And I'm sure that you hear and you've experienced yourself some really great examples of people really finding that they feel better, that they are happier, that their emotional well-being is elevated because they're part of something bigger and meaningful and with such important purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that's interesting to me is we tend to be really excited to make certain sacrifices if we believe that it will make us happier. So for example, people are really excited to sit quietly for 10 minutes and meditate because, you know, the studies show that that will bring you more happiness. But another small thing you can do is just make a donation to a charity because, you know, the studies show that that brings happiness in a similar fashion and it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be a $5 donation. So that's something that you as a listener can personally do. But I think something else that's hard is, you know, I've been working in philanthropy since my early twenties. And it's still hard to ask people for money. Yeah. I just want to empower anyone who does do any sort of personal fundraising, first of all, to know that it is hard, just do it anyway, because that's how the money gets raised. But then also to just have a confidence that you're not putting people out when you ask them to donate to something that you care about. You're actually giving them an opportunity to get this same psychological benefit and the same psychological burst of joy. So, you know, just like you might, if you were a meditation teacher, you would be bold to say, this is going to make your life better. If you get involved with this, you know, if you are fundraising for anything, be bold because you truly are giving the people in your community an opportunity to bring more happiness into their own life. 
That's a powerful reframe. Instead of having that that feeling that is, like you said, is so common and so normal to be timid because, oh, and money is just so touchy in and of itself, right? So I don't want to ask anyone for money. I don't know. It's been a really hard year for people. I don't know if they have. Well, you could reframe that, that you're denying them the opportunity to have that psychological boost by being part of giving to something bigger and something profound and something important. So I think that's a really important word for all of us, whether we're on the end of being on the board or part of an organization like you are, or whether we're on the end of wanting to give and going, yeah, I should be asking my friends, are you part of any organizations that need some money? Like we should be intentional about this as opposed to laying back and waiting for people to ask. I think that's a really powerful reframe. You know, something that's kind of related tangentially, but maybe not so tangentially is fast fashion and the enormous amount of resources it takes to even create a t-shirt or something that we buy at Target for $3.99. We don't think anything of it. And yet it takes gallons of water and all kinds of things that I, I don't know all of it, but it's just beginning to cross my radar. And it concerns me. Does December have any kind of statements about such things? Or are they looking in that direction to raise awareness for that sort of concern as well? Yeah, so we are, you know, broadly raising funds for all sorts of human trafficking, but I think the most organic and obvious place of connection is we're a fashion challenge. So it makes sense that we would look and criticize the unethical practices that are happening in the fashion industry. So we do publish an ethical fashion directory at dressember.org. And these are all vetted uh, brands that we know have the utmost ethical practices. And not only that, they are brands that have given us discount codes. <laughs> so oh, you can, bonus. <laughs> yeah, you can be building your closet at a at a bit of a discount. But you know, fast fashion is. I'm so glad that people are becoming aware of it. And frankly, I would like people to expand and think. All right, what about the fast manufacturing process that made my home goods? Or you know, it, it's not just fashion. It's really every single thing that we purchase. If the price seems too good to be true and you have the raw cost of goods, at the end of the day, if the price seems too low, then most likely someone isn't being paid enough to put in the human labor to manufacture that item. So I know it's really daunting, but it's just about, you know, opening your eyes and one item at a time considering, hey, is there a way that I can buy this in a bit more ethical process? And the thing I recommend it, you know, it's it's not necessarily the easiest, but it is always just a great hack is if you're not sure about, you know, how do I find an ethical produced item, just buy a used item because, <laughs> you know, you're not, yeah. not financially supporting the original manufacturer. You are financially supporting the reseller, which oftentimes, you know, organizations like Goodwill or your local thrift store benefiting your local charities, those are great things to be supporting. And you're reducing the environmental impact because you're recycling items when you buy used. I love it. So important. And it's something that, again, I, I love that you use the word daunting because it does feel daunting. I think, as I was mentioning, there are people who care deeply, but it's a lot of breaking of habits that we didn't realize weren't ethical. We didn't know that just running to target and grabbing something off the rack that like you said, the price is too good to be true and just 
not being thoughtful about that purchase. We didn't know that that was harming people. It feels very remote for us. We don't see the connection. And so organizations like yours are starting to connect those dots for us. Yeah. And you know, you brought up Target and I just want to take a moment to express my gratitude to Target. One of our nonprofit beneficiaries at Dressember is International Justice Mission. And Target recently partnered with IJM to make sure that their clothing was manufactured ethically. So you can absolutely find shortcuts in major retailers that are doing this the right way. Another just like industry I kind of want to give a little love to is the athletic apparel industry. So in the 90s, you know, Nike got in big trouble for the sweatshop labor. And really because of that, pretty much every ethical apparel brand has really cleaned its act up. Like if you look at the supply chain disclosure of Adidas and Reebok, which is the same parent company, that's one of the gold standards for the most ethical supply chains out there. So, you know, you can still live your life. You can still buy items at stores like Macy's or Target and, you know, have a level of confidence that they're being made ethically. I think that where we have worry is, you know, if you're hearing frequently a criticism of Forever 21, maybe there's a reason why that criticism is coming up. Yeah. No, I'm glad you corrected me on that because I obviously don't know this space. And so, yeah, it's great to hear that some of those big players are making those intentional choices to be more ethical. And and like you said, the athletic leisure wear that they are some of the best. That's very encouraging. So is this all information we can find on the website? You know, if you go to our ethical fashion directory, it's a really great starting point, but this is a complicated issue. And so I I have looked high and low to find a comprehensive uh, resource that just answers, tell me every single brand out there and is it ethical or not? Right, right. Yeah. There isn't that comprehensive resource out there. So really you have to do your research, but once you find a brand that you love, like once you discover, oh, I feel really good about Adidas and just keep buying Adidas, you know? So you, you do have to do a little bit of research on the uh, front end, but then once you figure it out, it gives you some pretty good guide rails for how you do your shopping moving forward. Let's connect on social. I'm most active on Instagram, where I post original quotes, infographics, and I tackle trending topics in my love smarter, not harder IGTVs. On Insta, you can find me at Dr. Karen, D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. I'm also on Facebook at Dr. Karen Anderson Abril and on Twitter at Dr. Karen Anderson. Like I mentioned, we've worked with 17 different nonprofit partners over the years, and a few of them are just really on the front lines of spotting actual human trafficking when it's happening. So one of the organizations is called BEST, and their whole mission is to train people in the hospitality industry. So, you know, hotels, rideshare, airlines to spot trafficking when it's happening. And so through our partnership with BEST uh, this past Super Bowl, we were able to orchestrate a training for Lyft drivers um, you know, all around the Super Bowl area. And while we were at it, we went ahead and did Lyft drivers in Las Vegas too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it is common if someone is driving for a rideshare service, it's common for them to hear, I witnessed something very concerning and I didn't know what to do about it. And so, you know, it's, it's been a delight to work with Lyft 
and to give the drivers a tangible way that they can report something if they're seeing something happening that's illegal. Another partner that we've been raised for is called Truckers Against Trafficking. And they are on the front lines of educating truck drivers, semi-truck drivers to witness and intervene if they see trafficking happening. So, you know, I, I that is the more obvious types of trafficking that happens. You know, behind the scenes, we also are working on the more insidious, less obvious things like you know, how do we work with a foster care organization so that foster kids aren't being targeted? Or how do we work with kids who are vulnerable, uh, who are maybe LGBTQ, who have run away from home? Because, you know, they're also vulnerable. But the Lyft, the Lyft Super Bowl thing was really exciting. And we were really excited to be able to provide that training this past year. Yeah, that's, it's so disconcerting. And horrific, but I had heard that. I don't know. Again, as I said, this kind of topic has come across my radar more and more, which is wonderful that the awareness is being elevated. But yeah, that these major events, rampant sex trafficking happening there, it's it's just, that's, yeah, it's just so sad. So Talitha, as we talk about some of this, you're dealing with this all day, every day. How do you keep yourself from going to a really dark space and losing hope? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I have been involved with fundraising of various kinds for various dark, heavy issues. And my favorite kind of fundraising is something creative that is playful and joyful. So, you know, you think about the commercial from the 90s where, you know, the animals are you know, looking sad. And then Sarah McLaughlin comes on and sings. And then you feel so guilty that you, the viewer may donate. You know, that is one effective way to compel people to donate, but what a bummer. I don't think anyone feels good after watching that commercial. So um, I think it's okay to be involved in really fun, playful, joyful ways of fundraising that also, you know, honor the challenge and the heartbreak of of what the actual issue is. But when I think about the ice bucket challenge, you know, that's such a gold star of, you know, something silly and fun and something that people wanted to share on social media that has made a huge difference for people suffering from a terrible disease. You know, I love Movember. Um, You know, there's many fun, I, you know, I, I donated to my niece. She was just running laps around her gym to fundraise for her school. Like, why not? You know, we can have fun when we're at the same time trying to do something that may be hard in society. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting you brought up the social media component that in the climate, this is the, this is the cultural reality now that people have more influence, so to speak, because if they're active on social media, with even just their friendship group doesn't mean that they have to have a brand or a platform per se, but they have influenced someone doing something fun, like the ice bucket challenge, and they post it on Facebook or post it on Instagram. People are going to see it. People are going to become aware. So again, this is the type of thing that why is so-and-so wearing a dress and it's 32 degrees and she's just going to the grocery store? Well, here's a picture of that posted on social media and the ripple effect could be profound. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, every single person, if you have, you know, someone else following you on social media, you are an influencer. And I have seen 
you know, very famous, very, you know, huge followings of people attempt to fundraise for things. And it, it frankly falls pretty flat. And the people who just have maybe 500 friends on Instagram go on to raise even more money. And the reason for that, I think is because there's the relationship there. So if a major celebrity posts something, but you don't personally know them and you see that they have millions of other followers, you may think, oh, well, someone else will take care of it. But when it's your cousin, when it's your sister, when it's your loved one, your college roommate posting something, you're a lot more likely to donate. And so it's pretty funny to me when I see, you know, a mere mortal, (laughs) (laughs) the major celebrity. We mere mortals. But I know that you've mentioned that there are some celebrities that have been involved with Dressember. Do you have any of those uh, those star-studded stories? Oh, sure. I mean, Dressember was originated in Los Angeles. And so, you know, just organically, there are a lot of celebrities in Los Angeles who caught on just like there were a lot of um, mere mortals, again, like you and <laughs> So I have to give my love to Jennifer Morrison. She is our most dedicated celebrity ambassador. She's gone on to, you know, we've sold dresses that were ethically made and she has uh, designed those dresses, promoted those dresses on um, social media. So we really love her. Uh, Deborah Messing gets involved every year. Taylor Schilling, uh, Shailene Woodley, you know, it's really fun. It's really fun. And, you know, it doesn't, again, you know, to me, I think it's more of, cool. I'm not alone in doing this. You know, celebrities care about it too. I think that it's more the camaraderie than, you know, them necessarily raising millions of dollars. Because like I said, you, you know, with your normal life, you have the capacity to raise a lot of money. I believe that in my heart. So Talitha, I asked you how you personally try to maintain a hopeful and positive attitude in the midst of working very intimately with very painful and profoundly horrific concern. Are there any other kind of frustrations you have in the work you do? Yeah. Um, you know, you never know when a issue is going to hit the cultural zeitgeist. and those of us who work in the human trafficking um, sector, we were pretty surprised this summer when all of a sudden, uh, kind of bubbling out of QAnon, there started to be a lot of conspiratorial um, talk and also some really valid concerns about um, child sex trafficking. And um, that was really cool to see people using hashtag Save the Children and to take an in, you know an interest in trying to help. Um, children who are victims of things like sex trafficking. But unfortunately, um, you have to do more than just post a hashtag to make a lasting difference. And, um, you know, a lot of folks in the uh, trafficking community, that bubble up of concern uh, became challenging because, you know, uh, human trafficking tip lines started to get flooded with uh, conspiracy theories rather than actual tips about human trafficking. And so if you are someone who cares about um, child sex trafficking, you know, if you had concerns over the summer, the one of the best things you can do is actually 
join Dressember and actually raise funds, you know, take it beyond using a hashtag and, and actually, um, you know, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and um, have a confidence that, you know, our 14 nonprofit partners for 2020, they are on the front lines and um, they will absolutely uh, intervene in some really cool ways to help uh, protect the children that you're concerned about. Yeah. And then does it work something similar to someone who would say, hey, I'm going to run a marathon and, and it's for a certain cause. So then people sponsor you and your effort to wear a dress throughout December and they make a commitment of some money. And then that money obviously is taken and, as you said, disseminated to various charities. Is that how it works? Yep. So you can go to dressember.org and you set up a fundraising page. And then what you would be doing is as you're telling the story of why you're wearing the clothes you're wearing, you would also be sharing that link to your community. And then people can click on the link and make a donation to you to basically sponsor you for making this commitment. Anyone who's listening right now, though, could hop on before December 1st. Is, is that a cutoff that they could hop on and decide to have a page as well? Yeah, you can you can set up a page, go to dressummer.org and then just click to sign up. And I, you know, I made the mistake of thinking that, oh man, it's December 3rd and this is the first time I've heard of it. I guess I'll have to wait until next year. And I would just encourage people to, you know, if you hear about this a few days after December 1st and you want to jump on board, you know, no referee who's gonna come around and say you you broke the rules. Just get on board, sign up anytime <laughs> in December and, and join us. So let's talk about, since you know, as we wrap up, you know, many of my community are dating and they're single and they're dealing with relationship stuff. And as a single woman yourself, what do you think about single women in advocacy and especially in this movement in particular? Well, I've been doing December for years now. And sometimes I would be dating someone and you know what? They tend to like it. (laughs) (laughs) Put that out there, uh, take it or leave it. But as a single person, you know, I think that it is really powerful and important to give back into, I think that when we're all when we're living alone, um, sometimes we can get really caught up in our own, you know, worries, our own mental dialogue. And, you know, we don't have other people in our lives necessarily who are depending on us. So when we're proactive to get involved with something like Dressember or really any sort of charity, you gain friends. I personally have gained so many friends through the Dressember community and they're the best people, <laughs> you know, the people who are going out of their way to fundraise for various causes or to volunteer for various causes. Those are the kind of people who are going to really bring joy into your own life. And the work of Dr. Sorry, is it Dr. Bella DePaulo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she has part of her research on, you know, being single and thriving as a single person, she's identified that single people just are more generous than people who are coupled or people who, you know, maybe are busy with the distractions of, you know, taking care of a family. So, you know, this is a unique moment in our lives when we don't have a lot of other demands and I can't recommend it enough. I really don't think that you're going to look back on that year that you dove in and got involved with philanthropy and have any regrets. I really genuinely believe you'll look back on it. You'll have warm memories and you'll have new friends and you know in your heart that you've done good in the world. 
Yeah, I love that you brought up Dr. DePaulo's research. I quote her in my book and I've read her book Singled Out and I recommend it to anyone who wants to take a deep dive into the research of the stigma that singles often experience. She calls it singleism. More recently, the term single shaming has appeared. And it's interesting that many of these stereotypes that single people are more selfish and they're just all about themselves. And it's her research shows the exact opposite. Single people are more likely to volunteer. They're more likely to be engaged in community endeavors. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people get involved? Let them know where to go and then how to connect with you if you're open to them, if they have any questions. Just give us all the information that we can learn about how to be a part of things. Yeah. So the first thing you would want to do is go to dressember.org and then you can sign up from there. Maybe you'll want to set up a, a team. You know, it could be your coworkers, your friends from church, your softball team, whoever you want. You can set up a team and work together to raise funds. And then I would recommend following Dressember on Instagram. We're on all the social media platforms, but Instagram is, you know, definitely the most active these days. (laughs) Personally, you know, if you have an interest in getting involved with a board or, you know, adding more philanthropic endeavors into your life, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Talitha Baker and feel free to message me. I'd love to chat. One final question. Do skirts count? They don't, (laughs) but you can put a skirt over a dress. A skirt over a dress, but it has to be a dress. All right. That's important to know if it was a skirt would be an option. So, okay. Good it's to know. Question. That's a fair question. <laughs> and for you folks living somewhere cold, just put a skirt over a dress. It'll help keep you warmer. <laughs> Great. Well, Talitha, thanks again for joining me today and for sharing this really important work that you're doing. And I hope that we can raise some awareness and some money for you. Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to connect with you and your listeners. The love and life hack for this week is Hashtags alone won't cut it. So join me as I practice what I preach. I will be wearing dresses throughout the month of December (laughs) because I'm interviewing Talitha and I'm thinking to myself, you got to do this. You have to do this. So here I go. Please join me. I'll get everything set up and you can find me on Instagram throughout December doing my best dress December. If you want to join my team, that would be awesome. Or if you want to donate to raise funds for this important cause, that would be great too. But as Talitha said, we got to do a little bit more than just post and hashtags. As always, thank you for sharing a part of your day with me. And together we will learn and grow and level up and find out ways to be committed to and be intentional about those causes that deeply concern us. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril.